Thanks for joining us today for the Anchor Daily. We are reading through the books of Acts, learning about the early church and the unstoppable power of the gospel. Listen close as we dive deep into Luke's and Paul's accounts. Hello, this is Nancy O'Brien from Bethel West Pasco. I'm excited to continue our walk through the book of Acts as we look at Acts chapter 8, verses 4 through 25. As we pick up the story, the church in Jerusalem has been scattered and the believers are fleeing for their lives across the region. In today's section, Philip has fled into Samaria and is preaching the good news about the risen Christ. Jesus had been in this region before. Remember the woman at the well in John 4? So at least some of these Samaritans would have known about him. Philip found a people open and excited to hearing about the Messiah. He worked many miracles, performing both physical and spiritual healings among the people. And verse 8 says there was great joy in the city. Uh, verses 9 through 13 tell us that even a well-known sorcerer in the city named Simon heard the message, saw the miracles, and believed. Then Peter and John came from Jerusalem to verify the stories they were hearing, that Samaritans had actually received the gospel and believed. Here we come to a sticky section of scripture. Verses 15 through 17 say that the Samaritans had not received the Holy Spirit and would not until the apostles laid hands upon them. I read a few differing opinions on exactly why the Samaritans did not receive the Spirit when they believed. And I'm not a biblical scholar, so I won't claim to be able to unpack all the implications of this, except to say that the laying on of hands by a specific church leader has never been a general requirement for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in a believer. This was a situation specific to the Samaritan church. Okay, so the apostles were laying on hands on people and the Holy Spirit is falling and Simon the magician sees what's happening and he gets excited. He's a man that's used to having power and wowing crowds with his dramatic performances. He sees this laying on of hands and he wants in on that action. He's professed faith in Christ, so he can't keep doing his old magic, but he thinks here's a magic that he still could do if he can just find out the apostle's trick. So he offers Peter and John money for them to give him the power to lay hands on people to receive the Spirit. Bad move, Simon. There's no definitive word on whether Simon's belief in Jesus was truly a transformational salvific belief, or if he just got swept up in the emotion of the crowd. But verse 13 does say Simon himself believed. So I have to assume that he did at some level believe in Christ. But his actions in trying to buy apostolic gifts show that his heart and mind had not been truly transformed in a, into a new way of thinking. He was still clinging to his former values and former patterns of behavior. Even if we ascribe to Simon the best of intentions, that he truly believed and he truly wanted others to receive the Holy Spirit, his actions, by grasping for gifts that were not his, show that his eyes were not on Jesus, but on the fruit that comes out of believing in Jesus. Don't get me wrong. The fruit of following Jesus are wonderful and desirable. But if your primary goal is to get the fruit, then your focus will always be on the wrong thing. The goal should be to get more of Jesus, not more power, or even more love, joy, peace, patience, etc. Following Jesus brings the gifts, but chasing the gifts as the end goal will only lead to what Galatians 5 calls the works of the flesh, which includes enmity, jealousy, rivalries, dissensions, divisions. Peter rebukes Simon harshly and ends by saying in verses 22 and 23, quote, Therefore repent of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord that if possible your heart's intent may be forgiven. For I see you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by wickedness. 
Simon pointed his, his heart's desire at power and told himself that it was for a greater purpose. But bitterness and wickedness tainted his purpose and threatened his soul. We don't know ultimately what happened to Simon. We know he asked that Peter pray that his condemnation would not happen, but we don't know if he committed himself to a life of faith or if he went back to his ways of magic and sorcery. And I don't think this story is here so that we can know more about Simon the magician. I think it's here so that we can know more about ourselves. Are we grasping for things that are not ours to have? Are we envying our neighbors for their gifts rather than focusing on what Jesus has already given us? We all have gifts that we've been given to advance God's kingdom here on earth. And they're not all the same. If we focus on the gifts we want rather than the gifts we have, we become bitter and unfruitful. Me, I wish I could sing. I would love to sing for the church and proclaim how great our God is, but I can't. I mean, it's really bad. I cannot sing. So my choices are to be envious of those who can and be bitter that I can't, or I can lean into the many, many gifts that God has given me. Gifts like this, doing a podcast and proclaiming that our God is great. He's amazing. He never abandoned us and he never fails to equip us for the tasks he's called us to. God has not called me to lead others through singing, but he has called me to proclaim his goodness. So I'll say it, not sing it. Jesus, you are our King, our Lord, our brother, our savior. I proclaim today that you are enough. Whatever else we think we need, you are enough. Holy Spirit, fix our eyes on the only one that saves, only only thing that truly matters. Jesus, may our hearts align to yours. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Listen tomorrow as we encourage each other through God's word. If you haven't already subscribed, please do so because we would love to continue to grow with you. We'd also like a chance to connect further with you. If you go to Bethel.ch, you can find all sorts of ways to serve, worship, and learn together.